Is Trey Murphy the most important non-star player for the New Orleans Pelicans? Is it Jonas Valanciunas or someone else? Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, another week's worth of shows, well, three days this week. I'm going to be traveling this week, so no live show. I'm still not feeling 100% great. We'll get back to doing those soon. So thank you everyone for bearing with me uh, as I get back on my feet after COVID. But I'm excited to talk about today's show because this is a question for you all as well. And I'm curious what you all think about who's the most important non-star player for the Pelicans. So not Zion Williamson, not Brandon Ingram, not CJ McCollum. Outside of those three, who's the most important player for the team? Is it Trey Murphy? Is it Valanciunas? Is it someone else? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all normally, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. It's going to be a fun season. They got secret training camp going on right now before the real training camp and then preseason is going to be here before you know it. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Your friends are probably excited too for this Pelican season. So tell them about Locked On Pelicans, where they can get the show. And of course, please subscribe. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment as well. And of course, comment, 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 comment down below on YouTube. And today's question is, who's the most important non-star player for the New Orleans Pelicans? So let's start with Trey Murphy. Because I think this is a, a guy that a lot of people are really thinking about. And when you're looking at like important pieces, him taking a big leap his sophomore year this coming season really seems like that's going to help elevate this team beyond where they were last year and into a very solid postseason contender. So why is that, right? Well, we can start with the shooting. I have long said, and I will continue to say, for the first half of the year, you're not going to be able to space the court for Zion Williamson. Shooters will not space the court for Zion Williamson because he scores at the rim at 70%. That is an insane number. It's equivalent of like a 43 to 46% shooter from deep. So if there is a three-point shooter that is 38%, not a bad percentage, right? It still makes more sense to try and stop Zion Williamson at the rim. The numbers just bear it out. But that does mean that when teams sell out to try and stop him, there will be open shooters on this on the court for the Pelicans. They need to make those teams pay. They're not here to space the court for Zion Williamson. They're here to make teams pay when Zion Williamson doesn't get the space that he could have when they double him, right? That's what the shooters that the Pelicans have need to do. And they did not do this last year, though they didn't do it with Zion either because he didn't play. But they were a bad three-point shooting team. 33.2% from deep last season. That's 27th in the league. They only, only took 32.1 shots per game. That number is very low, 24th worst in the league. They were not a good three-point shooting team, arguably the worst when you look at all of those metrics. 
That has to change this year. It has to change this year. You got CJ McCollum in the mix. That's great. But you're going to need more shooting. A guy that can do that is Trey Murphy. On three attempts per game last season, he shot 38%. In the postseason, he was also very good on three attempts per game, 3.2. He shot 47.4% in the playoffs. Those are all really good numbers. When you look at him like that, in terms of volume, in terms of percentage, he's probably the second best three-point shooter on the team right now behind CJ McCollum. They're going to need him to hit those. And once he starts hitting those and gets on the scouting report, well, then he's definitely going to start to get covered. And then eventually, with time, he starts to space the court for Zion Williamson. So him stepping up and being that sniper for this team, yeah, that's that's a really important thing. And then you factor in everything else he gives you, right? It's not like if you were to just have Devontae Graham hitting threes and he doesn't give you much else. You're going to get defense from Trey Murphy. You're going to get rebounding from him. You know, he's a two-way player. He can do all of that stuff. So when you kind of factor all of that in, it's really important. And he unlocked a lot of lineups last year. In the postseason, the Pelicans' starting lineup wasn't good. When Valanchunas was out there alongside Jackson Hayes, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and C.J. McCollum, in the six postseason games they played, it was the most used lineup by New Orleans. They had a net rating of minus 11.2, an offensive rating of 112.8, a defensive rating of 124. Negative 11.2. If you take out, if you just take out Jackson A's and put Trey Murphy into that starting lineup. So you have CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, and Jonas Valanciunas. Flip that. It was an offensive rating of 134.1 and a defensive rating of 117.1. It's a net rating of positive, positive 17. That's essentially a 38 uh, point swing, right? per 100 possessions, because that's what that measures. That is significant. That's really significant. When he was out there on the court in the postseason, he was doing really well. And when you look at him during the regular season, his minutes, when you put him in that same starting lineup, instead of Jackson Hayes, it's Trey Murphy, it was a positive 24.6 in the regular season. Didn't play much. He didn't play a ton. But it says there's something there. He seems to unlock some things. That's, I don't know, pretty important to me when you see the difference like that. So he was incredibly good for New Orleans in the limited minutes that he saw and seemed to bring out the best in some of these guys. And look, like I said, in another show that I've done, go watch it if you haven't yet. He unlocks the small ball lineup, a death lineup, if you will, for New Orleans, right? Of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, and Trey Murphy at the five. And if that can happen, that's huge because that lineup on paper sounds so much fun to watch. That is the lineup I'm most looking forward to seeing, at least at the beginning of this season. He unlocks that. And that's important because there's not a ton of center depth to this roster. So given that there's not much center depth, does that make... Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas, the other most important player for New Orleans, maybe more important than Trey Murphy. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on 
Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by the NHTSA. It's never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. So if you think it's okay, or if you're one of those people, you know, what's the worst that can happen, right? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? No, very, very wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill, right? Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's the in-depth stuff on the lineups, whether it's looking at the individual players. We're, of course, going to be recapping, previewing games, talking about the season as it goes on. We're psyched, right? Like, I'm I'm very excited. I can't wait. I've got the, the Pels 12 versus the World shirt on. Shout out Boot Crew Media with that one. I, I can't wait. I know you can't wait either. So please subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. We're going to be here Monday through Friday for you all completely free. No paywall or anything like that. You know where to go when you want to hear about a big win, even a big loss too. We're going to be breaking down here at Locked on Pelicans. Subscribe and make sure Locked on Pelicans is your first listen every day. So today we are talking about the most important non-star, non-Brandon Ingram, non-CJ McCollum, not Zion Williamson player. Look, it's probably Trey Murphy to a certain degree, right? Like, I really think that, given that his net rating in those lineups is big, the shooting's there, the defense should be improved too, he can rebound, just gives you a lot, right? But what about a guy like Jonas Valanciunas? You know, there's not much depth in terms of the center spot on this Pelicans team. I said, I think I would like them to add another defensive-minded big man, potentially. They're not going to probably do that right now. Like, Nerland's Noel would have been a real good fit to come off the bench or just have kind of as a tool, as a player. But that's kind of out the door right now. So, you need to get 48 good minutes at your center spot. There's 48 minutes at that position, right? Valanchunas probably isn't going to play 48 minutes per game. Last year was actually his career high in terms of minutes per game, and he was at, where did it go? 30.3. So you still need to fit, fill in about 18 minutes or so per game. It could be Zion, it could be Trey, it could be Jackson Hayes, it could be a lot of other people, right? But those aren't going to be the most high-quality minutes unless that small ball lineup really works, but you're going to use that in under 10 minutes per game, even if that. So because you don't have much center depth and you need quality minutes at the center spot, those 30 minutes, and it's probably going to be closer to 28, those 28 minutes that Jonas Valanciunas plays are incredibly important, really important. This is, this argument is less about him and like his specific talents and what he does. And it's not a knock on him because I actually think he was underrated when I'm playing, when I was planning out what show to do today, it was kind of like, should I just do the show that's titled is Jonas Valanciunas underrated? And the answer to that, I think is a big, big yes. But because there's just such a lack of depth and I do think the drop off from him to Jackson Hayes to Willie, uh, to Billy Hernan Gomez is actually pretty steep. I know a lot of you think that Billy Hernan Gomez gives you really good minutes out there, right? He's like a walking double-double. He'll give you 10 and 10, 10 points, 10 rebounds, but he doesn't play good defense. He often struggles shooting at the rim too. I don't think that just because you can grab 10 boards and score 10 points, it means you're a good player. And I don't think he's a bad player. And he's kind of at times the glue guy on this team. So I really like having him on the roster. 
But comparing him to Valanciunas, it's it's pretty night and day to me and is a significant difference. So because the drop-off from Valanciunas to other players, well, that kind of elevates his importance. You get what I'm saying? You get the argument that I'm trying to make? It's less about him. And it's more just, oh man, it could be really bad out there if you don't have Valanciunas out there at the court and you're running a traditional center in that spot. That's not a great position to be in. I worry they're going to have to get a little bit creative at times with the center position to figure out what to do there when Valanciunas isn't in the lineup. And again, he's really good, right? So this is kind of, a you know, it's also like, good on you, Jonas. 17.8 points per game last season, 11.4 rebounds. He's not great defending out on the perimeter, but he does give you like a, a smidge of rim protection. Not a ton, but he's, he's not bad defensively down low. Big body can hold his own. He'll be able to get to the line a lot more this coming season too. You know, overall, and he shoots free throws at 82%. Those are some valuable minutes that he's going to give, and it's going to really be a steep drop off if it's Jackson Hayes or Hernan Gomez out there. So it's more of like a scarcity argument to a certain degree, right? Like wins above replacement, if you want to kind of get into some of those numbers that you could argue that Valanciunas's minutes compared to someone else who would be getting those same minutes on this team that's significantly worse than him is a significant drop off. And that makes him, you know, the most important player on this team. That's not one of the name stars that elevates him above a guy like Trey Murphy. I think it's a bit of a stretch. I also, again, think he's very underrated, so this isn't meant to sound like a knock on him. He He's good. And the other guys that are on the team in the center spot are not great. So it kind of says, you know, you need to get quality minutes. You want to get as many quality minutes out of 48 minutes at that center spot. Valentinus, when he's out there on the court, is going to give them to you. There's no concern about that whatsoever, whatsoever other than his first game on this team. Other than that, he was really good. And so, yeah, I think you could make the argument there that he is the most important non-star player for the New Orleans Pelicans. People were saying when I did the video, could everyone score 20 points, right? Could the big three score 20 points per game? And people were like, Valanciunas can do it. I don't think you're going to have four, 40, uh, four 20-point scores per game. He didn't get to 20 last year. Definitely, if you made him the focal point of the offense, he could. He's got a bit of a three-point shot, too. It kind of, the fact that people thought, were like, yeah, he could get his too, right? With those three guys. Tells you how good he is and how valuable he is to this team. So you'd easily make the argument, I think, talking it out more now, that he is the most important non-star player on this team. But is there someone else? Herb Jones? Jose Alvarado? Let's look at those guys coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. I'm excited for the season. I know you are too. I'm also excited for Saints season. So make sure you go check out the Locked On Saints podcast. Ross Jackson breaking down everything. His show is so good. His show is so good. You're probably already listening to it. You should. You just did a show on the preseason game, right? The finale where the Saints looked impressive. 10K on his YouTube video. Dude's killing it. Go check out Locked On Saints. Make it your second listen today after Locked On Pelicans being your first listen. So who else? Who else is the an important player for this team, right? The most important non-star for this team. I gave you the arguments for Trey Murphy, for Jonas Valanciunas too. Is there anyone else? I think you could make the claim for a couple of other guys. Let's start with Herb Jones, right? We love Herb, not on Herb. 
given how important defense is, and if you go back and you look at all of the defending NBA champions, even teams that made the finals, basically every team has a top 10 defense. Almost every single team other than like three has a top 10 defense. The key to the Pelicans having a top 10 defense probably starts with Herb Jones, right? And what he gives you on that side of the ball. He's going to be an all-defensive player this season. He's going to be an all-defensive player this season. Well, if you need to have a good defense, having a lockdown perimeter defender in a perimeter-oriented league, right? Guard play league, wing play league, for the most part. He is as important of a player that you could have because he can shut down those options and slow an opposing team down. He is that good. He's that important because of that. Yeah. You know, and if he gives you a little bit more offensively, if he develops a three-point shot and is draining threes and he's not like your full-on fifth guy offensively, right? That's pretty big too. You could easily make the claim, I think, for Herb Jones just based on the defense and how this team, if they want to be a contender to some degree, needs to have a good defense and it's going to start with not on Herb. Same for Jose Alvarado, right? Just kind of having that, you know, like do everything guy, right? Kind of in a sense, Josh Hart. That's an important type of player to have. And that's what Jose Alvarado is. All hustle, all heart. He goes out there diving for loose balls, right? Oh, I got to guard Chris Paul full court for a whole game. I'll do that too. Whatever it is he's willing to do. And he's a quality player. Like, yes, he can shoot. He can also run a pick and roll. He can defend enough players in the half court that that's really good too. He fights through screens, which is something the Pelicans have really, really struggled with. All of that is a useful type of player to have and a player that's going to help you win games. You know, he's going to give you some three-point shooting. He's going to give you some defense and he's doing it at a guard position where, you know, I don't know if you're the most deep, right? Like they're lacking in certain things there. Kyra Lewis Jr. is not going to be ready to start the season. Devontae Graham was a disappointment last year. You're not going to play Garrett Temple minutes, right? All of those type of guys are kind of, you know, not great. But you have CJ, who's good. And then you have Jose Alvarado to a certain degree. And then, you know, whatever Dyson Daniels ends up giving you, which we don't expect much, at least to start the year. So all of the, you know, when you kind of look at it in terms of it's similar to, to Valanciunas, right? The drop off from Jose Alvarado, the next guy is steep, it's big. That kind of elevates his importance, elevates his value. I can easily see you saying like, yeah, it's Jose. Just everything he brings to the team, being such a lovable guy, all of that stuff. Maybe it's Billy Hernan Gomez. Not on the court, mind you, but with just everything he gives you in terms of the off-court stuff. The players love him. That's an important type of player to have too. So let me know in the comments down below on YouTube, who do you think it is? Is it Trey Murphy? Is it Valanciunas? Herb Jones? Alvarado? Hernan Gomez? Let me know who you think in the comments down below. I think it's Trey Murphy. I think it's Trey Murphy. That's who I think is the most important um, player on this team outside of the big three, just because of what he unlocks. If you can get eight good minutes at center from him, that makes those minutes when you don't have Valanciunas on the court better. And that can help you big time. So I think it's Trey Murphy. Let me know who you think it is. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Wednesday.